Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. Delighted to be joined, as always, by Rocky. How are you? Y'all good? Del- delighted to be here, pal. Uh, yeah, I'm all good. Pretty tired now. Pretty poor night of sleep just after uh, staying up and watching that Washington and Ravens game. You're a liar. Really pumping and cheering. You're yeah. a liar. Well, I watched it after the fact. Yeah. After the fact. Well, you watch the three minute um, highlights on YouTube. There's no shame in it. It's preseason. Um, it was. I think um, Johan Dotson said it was the the most important preseason win ever, and I'd have to agree with him. Yeah. They dethroned the uh, the, the Ravens as preseason champs. The Baltimore Har- Harbors. Um, yeah. Look, I suppose it's. I think it's tried and tried and tested at this moment in time. Um, we are literally episode three of our preseason previews we started out west we went down south so logically we go up north before heading back east um next week final previews and then we get into season proper before we do tackle the afc and nfc north i want to do a bit of revisionism because Given the the preseason that is just or the week that's just gone by, I want to revisit my personal rankings for the NFC South. My estimations of the Carolina Panthers has gone down. I'm not impressed with their O line. Um, I've rethought my um my evaluation of Arthur Smith, and haven't seen what Marcus Mariota did in the preseason. It's a miracle they got to seven and ten last year. So their rank or valuation has gone up, and as well, the Saints. I think they're even. I don't want to put too much stock in their preseason defense, but it's looking good. So I actually think I would have, I think, agree with you, Saints on top, and I'd actually bump Carolina down to third. Ooh. But anyway, El Padre I just want that on the record. He's listening. Yeah, that's okay. I just, just want that on the record. Okay, it's no within the minutes. Uh, will be passed to all members, Fuddles and Stout, on the cessation of this meeting on the 22nd of the year 2023 um, but without much further ado I think Dear we, our Lord. we will <laughs> click on to the AFC North and I'm going to ramble on for a little bit but all things Cleveland, Ohio in particular Browns so I suppose last season finished 7-10 and 10, which was good enough for 4th in the AFC North the first five fixtures they have Bengals at home Steelers away Titans at home Ravens at home and that early buy in week five um, it's 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 an arduous opening five to be fair the biggest storyline you don't need to listen to us to know what the biggest storyline is it's it's easily Deshaun Watson when you look at what he's the what bad he, man the bad man uh, Bill Cosby incarnated um, but I suppose the thing is look the Browns have put an awful lot of an investment into Deshaun Watson and when you look at what he did during his last year playing in Houston like it's easy to see why um, park all ethical and morality to one side he had a he had a one one two quarterback rating he had 33 touchdowns 7 interceptions and a 70% completion rate and they are astronomical numbers when you consider the fact it's also Houston uh, historically just a poor franchise poorly run franchise 
He only had six games last season with the Browns. And he got to play late in the season. He wasn't phenomenal. He didn't set the world alight. Um, but he said in the entire offseason, he's a year removed from all of his off-the-field problems. And he probably got into the season, fair to say, with limited expectations. He does, however, need to repay the Browns for their decision, regardless of where you stand morally. And he needs to be up there in terms of MVP discussions because it was a monster contract at the time he was the highest-paid quarterback. Look, it's a fast-moving market, but it's still an incredible investment. My expectation with the Browns is probably a little bit higher uh, than most, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, I think they're legitimately a playoff contender, and they could potentially surprise everyone and win the division. They were seven and ten last year, and they were two and four in one-score games. Which, if they can switch that around, that's a massive change around in what's always a tight division. And I think if, if Watson's anywhere near where he was in his last year in Houston, um, I think we could be talking about Cleveland late into the season. My prediction as a result is 10-6 and six in a third-place vision, finishing the division. Um, that was a bamboozle. Yeah. But... Yeah, was a Actually, yeah. Uh, like exploring them in a vacuum I have high expectations looking at the vision I don't necessarily have high expectations I think ceiling is ve- is very high but the floor is abysmally low I think because um, I, I obviously took a look at the Steelers and Ravens which will which mm. will come up and when I was doing my season record predictions um, I won't specify what they are but they're high and I it's a good division. It's a great division. The their schedules for each of the teams in this division are not. They are not you know blockbuster. They're not hitting all of the good teams. So I don't think even though we'll we'll I'd say we will be giving, probably most teams in this division, double digit wins or close to it. Mm. And I don't think that's outrageous no. just because of the the quality of the teams, the quality of the coaching as well as the softer schedules um yeah i do think obviously the browns the main storyline is deshaun watson i think they are a good team around them you know they've got a good o-line um weapons you know they've got um amari cooper they drafted Cedric Tillman he looks good you know they've always got Nick Chubb the defense is looking good their d-line is looking you know, pretty pretty good. It's a good team around Deshaun Watson, um, and like I think you know it'll hold true that myself and yourself, you know, our, I think our opinion on Deshaun Watson is known, um, but we're not going to try and let that skew, you know, how we objectively talent. view the team, the talent on the team. Um, so, I think that's my piece on them. I think they're a, they're a, a good team in a very tough division. Um, I think that's probably all to say on the matter. Yeah, I mean, um, could throw out maybe. It's one of those art and artists. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I think last where... year it, I think it was viewed as a throwaway because he missed the first 
11, 12 games. You know, they, they I don't think Jacoby Brissett, I think, looked decent enough for the first his first few starts, but I don't think there a playoff berth was ever no. viewed as possible. Uh, so we'll move on then to the uh, the Mike Tomlin led Steelers, who is seemingly incapable of having a losing season. They went nine and eight last year after drafting Kenny Pickett, who and starting Mitch Trubisky. It didn't look as if Mike or Tomlin was going to to hit his his quota of at least fifty percent wins, but he did it because he's. Mike Bloody Tomlin but let me say there was some ridiculous pundit takes on uh, Mitch Trubisky last year uh, you can enlighten us in a moment uh, they made a I think they made a, a flurry of some solid roster moves they brought in Isaac Samalo um, to, to strengthen that line because I think Pickett and Trubisky to be fair were kind of pressured last year. Uh, Sam Alu should certainly solidify that. He was at guard for the Eagles, so we know him well. Um, smart and strong. They brought in Alan Robinson and looking to bounce back from his poor year with the Rams. Um, and they signed Nate Herbig and brought in Pat Pete, who had a, you know, a, a pretty good year after sort of being on the downturn the last few years. They also brought in, um, I think, a really underrated move they made last year was trading. Chase Claypool for a second round, which mm-hmm. turned out to be the thirty-second pick of the draft, uh, and they they drafted Joey Porter Jr. Another shrewd move, and then they brought in uh, Broderick Jones further strengthened that O line. So I think this again, similar to the Browns, you know, there's a bit of a, a discussion around the quarterback, but surrounding the quarterback, I think they've got some really really nice pieces. Um, Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens is by all accounts looking fantastic. Calvin Austin uh, I think people are sort of souring a little bit on Najee Harris uh, Jalen Warren I think they've got a, a bit of an underrated supporting cast around um, Kenny Pickett who he does look to be kind of solidifying himself as you know maybe not a blockbuster you know Joe Burrow type but certainly a, a really solid stable quarterback um, that can have them going toe to toe with with many teams the first five games is versus the 49ers versus the browns then at the raiders at the texans and then versus the ravens you know they might drop a game to the 49ers and maybe against the ravens um but that first ravens game is at home so i think they could go maybe worst case two and three they could go four and one in their opening stretch uh, like I said, I went through the rest of the games. I have them landing at ten and seven, similar to you and your Cleveland boys. Um, I always said ten and six, didn't I? Yeah, ten and seven. Um, that's where I have them. I don't have the the whole season schedule in front of me, but I think I was pretty fair. You know, if there were two games that you know, or one game that was a layup, or one game that was harder, you know, you split them or. Hmm. but uh, that's that's where I have them sort of finishing so obviously we won't be forecasting it here but it's going to come down to some tiebreakers yeah um, it's I just I see all teams in this division and look we'll get to the other two just plucking wins off each other 
all season long. Um, I some, did, of yeah, other, I... some of the other divisions, like we did the NFC South last last season, like I can easily see the car the Cardinals not winning a divisional matchup easily. But uh, yeah, I can too. In the um, NFC North, whereas yeah. I I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if um, one team got swept by another, but. Like I, I couldn't, you know, in good faith say this team will definitely sweep mm. that team. You know, and I, I, I hate when people say division games. You, you split them, uh, as a as a rule of thumb. I think oh. you know if a team is far and away better than the other, you you give them the sweep. But all of these teams, I don't think the the talent gap is that sizable. No, yeah, no, I, I tend to tend to to agree, um, and we've kind of probably save the two favourites for the division to last um, so I'll kick off with probably what is at this moment in time probably going into the season it's probably changed slightly um, with Burrow's injury but Cincinnati Bengals by a lot of people are still favourites for the division 12-4 and four last season beaten by the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game the first five considering it'll be with a backup quarterback for most of them if not all of them is it is an arduous enough ask Browns away, the Ravens at home, the Rams at home, who we still don't really know what the Rams are going to be. Um, the Titans away, who we think would be much improved from last season. And then they do have a layup in the Cardinals away. But your first five games, you, you can be you can be in the abyss very, very easily, especially in a division as, as competitive as this is going to be. Um, in terms of a prediction, we know they can sting it all over the yard they're going to get the yard through the air and they're going to put points up through the air especially that man on their centre he's just he's something special but at some point they need to run the football they were 29th last season in rushing the football at just 95 yards per game and they only had 3.8 yards per attempt a season ago being 29th in the league this year it's not going to cut it especially seeing as it, it does seem as if the, all the other sides around them have made those improvements um, look, we know they have Joe Mixon and he can have breakout games but in terms of over the system over the cis season he just doesn't seem to have the consistency anyone who plays fantasy football will know one week in the year not to mention his his recent legal troubles exactly which and look I think last year we talked about Alvin Kamara and it's not um actually transpiring until this season so maybe it won't affect Joe Mixon exactly. this season but um, it's certainly looming look and look was that run, running kind of group they've, they've also got Trayvon Williams as a backup and they did draft Chase Brown but they're going to need to figure out how to run the football a little bit more effectively for me um, so that's kind of where I have a major doubt the man under centre tends to leave you a lot of doubts for me um, but they should probably con be concerned on defence as well they lost their starting safeties Jesse Bates and Von Bell in free agency last year the team yep. as a team they intercepted the ball 13 times and Bates and Bell combined for 8 of those 13 interceptions which is a colossal mm. amount of interceptions to lose um, my prediction it's, it's literally biased on who they have under centre um, I have them still going 11 and 5 11 and 6 sorry um, but I've only chalked them off a win because of Burrow's injury like I, 
I think it, they could have a down year very easily, um, which is the wrong time for them as an organization to have a down year because some pretty sizable contracts coming up this off season. Um, so, yeah. yeah, look, we'll see. We'll monitor that injury for Borough with great trepidation. Um, but those seem to be the the key concern for a lot of people, despite what I've already flagged. Yeah, look, I agree. I don't have much more to add. Um, I think I had them going 11-6, and six, and I didn't particularly factor, factor in Burroughs' injury. I think they do obviously have a slightly harder schedule, and I just I think I split most of the division games in the division. Um, and obviously, yeah, as you say, a couple of big contracts looming, uh, Joe Burrow and... Um, T Higgins two main culprits and to be honest I don't think if they did have a down year it would particularly affect the value of those contracts they're both they've both proven what they've done Um, no I suppose my, my point there was probably more around the fact that when you you miss out on rookie contract when you've potentially great players and you miss out sure, on yeah, yeah. a championship window in a, in a rookie contract year gets that little bit harder the following season when everyone gets paid absolutely it is it is the last year of that rookie contract window mm. yeah and, and the year after you know who knows what the team will look like next year I've seen some rumblings that some of their rookie wide receivers um, Charlie Jones and Andre Yoshivash I think are, are looking pretty good and they might look to actually move on from T Higgins going forward which, which will obviously make you know the Joe, Joe Burrow contract might might force their hand as well a little bit but sure we'll see Um, yeah. I think they it's safe Appreciate to say I think they have a pretty high floor yeah 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 and we'll um, we'll finish with the Baltimore Ravens last year they went uh, 10 and 7 Overall, I think they had a, correct me if I'm wrong, a bit of a disappointing finish to the season. Lamar Jackson was, was injured, and I think we had Tyler Huntley mm. sort of finishing uh, or seeing them out of the season, including in the playoffs. Combination um, Tyler Huntley up, and McSorley. Yes, uh, and, and they, they didn't actually finish. Did they play the, um, the Bengals in the playoffs and actually, you know, probably play, played them closer than, than we thought they would but uh, they they were shown the exit uh, yeah. looking at their first five games they are playing the Texans then at the Bengals versus the Colts at the Browns and at the Steelers I think I could see them probably going again if if you're splitting division games and you're giving the edge to the home team you know that they're playing their away games versus the division rivals. They're playing the three away games in the first five weeks. Probably decent to um to get them done early. So by the time you're playing them at home, you the lay of the land, you sort of know it. So you know what results you have to aim for. Um, I could see them going from anywhere between, you know, just picking up the home games and going two and three. You know, on a good day, I could see them beating any of those teams. But I think they're more likely to go 
maybe three and two, picking up one of those away games to the division rival. I think I had them finishing the season the same as I had the Steelers, ten and seven. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we, I think we've predicted ten and seven for each team except eleven and six for the the Bengals. Obviously, the flip side of that coin is there's going to be some other division somewhere that's that's got plenty of losses. Um, but I don't think it's outrageous for this division. I think all three, all four teams, excuse me, are very, very solid supporting casts. Uh, obviously, the the Ravens' big story and backline was signing Lamar Jackson. Um, obviously, there was a contract dispute there. He was representing himself, and there was not a lot of movement on that front for for quite a while had people pretty worried but they they signed him they made that landmark signing of odell beckham the big receiver signing that people wanted to see in uh, baltimore um that obviously comes sort of hand in hand with the hiring of todd munkin as the oc so a lot of people predicting as well uh, a more pass happy ravens offense as opposed to the Traditional. Traditional running attack of Greg Roman. So I think there's a lot of there's optimism for each of these teams in this division. I think I would agree with how we've ranked them, well, in terms of, of records. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Cleveland, you know, with a few coin flips came away on top, or the Steelers. I think most people are expecting the Bengals or the Ravens, but I think this this division is a coin flip and probably the strongest division top to bottom. Yeah, I fully expect three teams to make the playoffs in this division, similar to the NFC East last season. Um, yeah. But I think they probably have higher records than the NFC East. I think the NFC was maybe not on par with the AFC last season. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be in agreement. Bengals, slight favourites for the division. But if things completely change... I'm not shocked. I'm probably shocked, to be fair, if Pittsburgh win the division. Just talent alone. I probably am shocked. Um, but outside of that, I'm not from anyone. And that's... I like Pittsburgh finishing second is not shocking, but Pittsburgh win probably is a little bit. But um, it's, it's the best division, I think. At this moment in time, it looks like the best division in football this season. I should just uh, just before we move on go cross conference I should mention that they signed Philly legend and baby catching adverse Nelson Aguilar yeah um, so the Ravens have a good one really upgrading their their pass attack there so all the best to them <laughs> valid 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 concerns well look we'll move on to the NFC North which Look, I think both it's fair to say both North divisions are always entertaining season on season. But we will start in Lambeau with the Green Bay Packers. So last season, Aaron Rodgers' final season in Green Bay, they finished eight and nine, which is good enough for third in the NFC North and obviously missed the playoffs. Their first five for what is realistically speaking a rookie quarterback is is, is not too daunting. So the Bears away Division match, but I get it. The Falcons away, the Saints at home, the Lions at home, and then the Raiders away. Like they're all good teams. Don't get me wrong, but when you look at like 
say the Bengals and the the Ravens schedule um, it's it's uh, it, it's it's not, it's a far cry from how daunting that is. Uh, biggest storyline here is again, it's obvious. Uh, it's the emergence of Jor- of Jordan Love, and whether he is the team's future or whether he's not good enough to be the Packers' quarterback moving forward. The glimpses I've seen of him in preseason, brutally honest, they are just clips. I have not watched the full Green Bay Packers game this this off season. He looks like he has a little something. Um, we know there's talent around him. He's a lot of youth, but it's mixed with experience. Um, we look at the coming season. It's going to be about how he builds rapport with his quote unquote star receiver in Watson. Um, his offensive line. He has good running backs, um, but it's also going to be how he builds a rapport with Matt Lafleur and if we can see something blossom if both can get the best out of each other the expectations of the Packers are always going to be a championship it's not a city it's a town at the end of the day and, and they have lofty ambitions every season they've also had 30 plus years of elite quarterback play and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers but if we're realistic this team even making the playoffs is probably a bit of a long shot Um but look, it's 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 not a horrific place to be. Like most organizations, lose the franchise guy, and they're destined for down years. Um, I think they've got some nice pieces, particularly skill position guys. Kristen Watson, um, I thought was phenomenal last season. Um, but like, it's a massive expectation to expect love to take this team over the top when Rodgers couldn't do it last year so my prediction is a steady 6 and 11 um, 7 and 10 maybe um, <laughs> is that what a steady record is to you uh, when you look at the rest of the division I think that's a steady record I don't think this division is going to offer an awful lot this season um, including no that's fair enough uh, kind of some would be stronger sides from years of the past so yeah no that's that's fair enough I think actually it's it's sort of appropriate that we had strong records all around for the previous division we looked at the AFC North and it looks like we might have this division as quite a bit weaker yeah look it is a tall ask for Jordan Love I think he has looked you know, interesting enough, I think he came in in um, relief of Aaron Rodgers. And again, speaking from knowledge, against the Eagles, very late in the game he came in, but he looked good. Um, he, again, I've not, I'm no preseason aficionado, but uh, from what I've seen, um, he's looked good in training camp and when he has played. So I think he's probably being a bit underrated because, you know, he, he's been sitting behind Rodgers for three years there's been very little news out of you know out of camp there's you know there's not been any glowing news and you know or whispers of a quarterback competition there it's it's always he's just been there um i do think it is a bit of an ask i i haven't done their record i 
probably would have had them a bit stronger than that. But maybe you're right because there's been a great deal of change. You know, they've lost Alan Lazard, Adrian Amos, uh, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon. You know, they've lost a lot of pieces and they had one, two, three, four, five. I think 13 draft picks, you know, when teams are making that many draft picks, it does indicate, you know, quite a de good deal of, uh, of uh, personal turnover. Well, look, I, I, so, think, I think just to defend myself here. Um, please do. I am going to feel a bit personally attacked here. Like, we're talking about moving from Aaron Rodgers, who prior to last season was back-to-back -back MVP, to Jordan. Who was Lowe. also injured last year. Yeah, but I'm only taking, I'm only chalking off a maximum of two losses. Like, Aaron Rodgers could only win eight games last season. So, I mean, I think you should wind your neck back here and realize that <laughs> okay. I speak the truth. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Look, I, uh, I don't have any, you know, huge criticism. I probably would have them it's just funny one or it two games. Hypercritically. One or two games richer. Uh, in my prediction that's all I'm saying okay I'll get torn cold right we'll uh, we'll move on <laughs> to what I think is a soft spot in your heart as well as a, a soft spot for a long time listener Keith uh, we're gonna head over to Keith it's, it's K-E-E-F okay uh, shout out Keith uh, the Chicago Bears some people do pronounce it Chicago. I don't. I say Chicago. How it's meant to be said. Um, they are coming off a three and fourteen season. Now it didn't feel like a three and fourteen season. I think we had highlights from Justin Fields peppered throughout the season. Uh, I think it gave people a false sense of achievement for the Bears. You know, they did have the first overall pick, which they traded to Carolina, but it did originally belong to them. Um, so, but just to, to, to reinforce, I don't think they're a three-win team. I think a lot of the win the games they played, they were in. They're almost the reverse of the team. I will go on to talk about the Vikings, who ended up winning a lot of, of one-score games, whereas it appears that the Bears actually ended up on the opposite end and losing a lot of one-score games. Looking at their first five opening games, they're... Um, at Green or versus Green Bay, then at Tampa, then at KC, then versus Denver, and then at Washington. It's a tough enough opening stretch. Uh, Green Bay, that sort of a game is sort of tough to to forecast Pretty. as well. We don't know what Jordan Love is going to look like, and you know the Bears have they have made moves this off season. Some of them a bit head scratching. Some of them just you know good. Um, but those first five opening games, I think I'd have them going probably two and three. You know, maybe picking up a, a win against Tampa and Denver, and then Washington if I wanted them going three and two. I have them finishing the season seven and ten. Maybe a disappointing to fans of Chicago like yourself, but you know it's year two of this rebuild. You know, I know year th Justin Fields is third year, but it's 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 the second year of this regime, who is just after looking at Detroit, you know, um, 
you know, completing or, or going into the third year of their rebuild and, you know, things are looking up. So I'm not expecting huge things from Chicago this season. I, uh, I, I, I think this is another stepping stone season and next year they're really going to... Um, to leave i think that's it's also indicative just of the some of the free agents they signed you know they they let um roquan smith go they traded him to the ravens and sort of replaced him money-wise with tremaine edmonds and tj edwards uh kind of the two big signings for them and i think tj Moore is a great pickup uh, they yes they, they of course um traded for dj Moore in that um draft trade yeah, look, they they've certainly brought in talent, those two names, and then you know some kind of meat and potato type players like Robert Tunyon and uh, Dante Foreman. So I do think they're on the right steps, but I just think they're not. You know, they're in year two of the rebuild, and it's it, it'll be year three by the time we see results. I think it's a it's a stepping stone season. So I've done finishing seven and ten. Okay. I'm not against the concept of them finishing with a winning season, but just not against the concept. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. Um, well, look, that's um, I picked seven and ten, but you know, a coin flip here and there, mm-hmm. and again, I don't think it's a uh, outrageous. Certainly, you know, when you're doing these records, there's definitely a margin of error. I wouldn't be massively surprised, but I would yeah. be a little bit surprised. Okay, I'm gonna move on to everyone's heartthrob team last season, uh, the Dan, the Detroit Dan Campbells, and uh, no, the Detroit Lions. Obviously, last season they finished nine and eight, which was good enough for second in the NFC North. Their first five, they obviously faced the Chiefs away on opening night, Seahawks at home, Falcons at home, Packers away, and Panthers at home. In terms of prediction, ladies and gentlemen, I'm buying the hype. I am buying the hype. Uh, they bought in Dave Montgomery from the Bears. And I think Montgomery, who I've always been a, a slight fan of him, um, even from his college days at Alabama, I think he's got he's going to have to feel like he has died and gone to heaven. He had no chance of seeing the line of scrimmage with the Bears. And I think he's a huge mm. sign for the Lions. And it's made him, it, it makes them better. They also drafted uh, Jameer Gibbs, another running back, and people probably are wondering what are they what are they doing this for? You've got like kind of two backs already. It's a bold statement. I think they're going to be an incredible running back committee this season, and I think they're going to win the NFC North. They're going to have to stay healthy. Um, I don't want to say they can go deep into the playoffs just on lack of experience alone but I wouldn't be shocked if they're a major factor in the playoff maybe getting a win maybe running someone close in uh, their second playoff game they brought in uh, Dre Blee to coach the corners he's a long time outstanding corner in the league and a terrific teacher John Scott former Penn State defensive line terrific reputation for producing NFL linemen and is a taskmaster he fits in perfectly with the Detroit staff they also drafted uh, Jack Campbell at linebacker out of Iowa. He's he's a downhill guy, not a great athlete, but athletic enough. And he's that kind of slug middle linebacker who can help stop the run, which is something they weren't majorly effective at last season. 
um, particularly in that four and three shape, which Campbell is huge on. Um, so I think you're going to see his impact rather immediately. Defensively, they're going to be a lot better than, than season just gone. And I think that defense could move up into the top 15. There's no question that they have a chance to do that. I also think offensively, look, last season they were, they did some things. They think they were, they were on their day, they were up there. Um, and I think they have, a, they have a chance being a top five offensive team. I have them going 10 uh, or 11 wins. And I have them as kings of the north. Yeah, I find it very difficult to disagree with any of that. I really like their defense. Really mm. like their defense. Like Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley, two additions. Now, I think their personnel is fantastic. The the variable of how you know, well it sticks, just the chemistry and how quick they learn the system, uh, how well they gel. I mean, if you look at the personnel, Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley over from the Steelers and then the 49ers. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, very solid safety addition to pair with uh, Kirby Joseph, another really, really good young safety. Um, their linebackers, Alex Anzalone, Malcolm Rodriguez, and as you say, uh, Jack Campbell. And the D-line, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, it's, it's just a good unit really from top to bottom um and we saw what their their offense was doing last season you know when they're they couldn't stay in games because their defense was dropping the ball and now you know hopefully they'll be able to back up the offense a lot of people are a bit hesitant on the lions because you know we still lions. haven't seen them it's the lions you know they got a lot of hype last year but they still only ended up <clears throat> just over you know winning 50 percent of the games but i and I, I, you know, I tend would generally tend to be a bit cautious about teams, but I know I think this feels like, you know, everything is, is landing in the right place in Detroit. I think there's a natural, a natural thing about like, not buying hype too early on, Detroit, Cleveland, and maybe the Jets, just a few organizations that spring to mind who are perennial poor franchises sure. but it just seems like that run they went on towards the end of last season the moves they've made this off season it's really in the Detroit Lions and I want them to succeed I suppose is it's kind of where I'd be at yeah I think um, there's a bit of a sort of a parallel as well between the types of coaches Dable and um, Dan Campbell is you know maybe mm. Dable is more refined but Certainly, they've got that sort of, you know, pump you up, rah rah sort of energy. Gusto. Real motivators, mm. statesmen, um, but yeah, I think I think they're destined for a good season. Um, we'll finish with the last team in this preview, and we're making good time. But we'll touch on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, like I said. And just to very quickly dip back, the Bears went 3-14 and 14 and sort of hung around and lost a lot of close games. The Minnesota Vikings went 13-4 and four and ended up winning a lot of one-score games. Uh, had a lot of lucky results throughout the season. But Kevin O'Connell, you know, you can call it luck, but he delivered the result. 
um, they're they they had a sort of an interesting um, free agency. They sort of they lost Patrick Peterson, who had a a, a really nice bounce back season from his years in his Arizona. Um, lost Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, they they re-signed a couple of players: Garrett Bradbury, Alexander Madison. Obviously, we saw uh, Dalvin Cook sign with the Jets. Um, so it was it was interesting. We saw the first, the first Dalvin you mentioned was Thompson and not Cook. That's yeah. I I I didn't even think. And then um, we saw Adam Thielen. He get let go and signed over to the Panthers. Uh, now they drafted Jordan Addison, so you would hope that you know he'll soak up those targets, and they obviously will still have the dynamic duo of Justin Jefferson and Kirk Kirky, uh, steady steady hands cousins, primetime cousins. Um, looking at their first five games, they're opening against Tampa, then they're in Philly, then against the Chargers. In Carolina, and then versus Casey. Um, I have them finishing the season. Well, out of those five games, I think they probably go two and three. Yeah. Maybe picking up a win against Tampa and Carolina, and dropping to Philly, the Chargers, and Casey. I think that's probably hard to argue against. They're they're if you were to tier those teams, uh, Minnesota would fit into a tier between Tampa, Carolina. And Philly, the Chargers, and Casey. I've them finishing the season eight and nine. I think we will see. You know, I, I hate the phrase regressing to the mean because people just throw it around, um, kind of without looking at context res revolving what they're saying is going to regress. But there is a lot of one-score games. They won wacky results and wacky games. I think if you replayed the season, some of those results would go the other way. So I think they're gonna sort of take a, a backswing and they'll finish up eight and nine. Mm -hmm. I yeah, would be in agreement. Uh, like you just look back over some of the games, like you look at that Colts game. Look, obviously Colts weren't up too much, but that's some comeback. You look at the Bills game. If you want a depiction of what the Viking season one was, it's that Bills game and that end. Wacky, wacky stuff. Um, yeah, I suppose if I was to rank them, I'm I'm going Detroit on top. For me, Chicago and Minnesota are interchangeable in second and third. And then I think Green Bay is probably going to finish bottom. But I don't think anyone in that division is going to have as low a res uh, record as the Bears did last season. No, I, I tend to agree. I think I would have the Detroit Lions at the top as you would. I would probably have... Um, Possibly the Packers and then the Vikings and then the Bears. Okay. Um, That's where I would differ with you. Okay. What record would you give the Packers? I'd need to I'd need to go through so I I'd need to go through the season and actually do my my projection. But to me they, they seem a bit stronger than you had them as a, a six and eleven team. So look, maybe I'd go through their schedule and I could only pick out six wins. I don't I can't even not even sure if it's particularly tough or, or not. Um so look provisionally i would probably have them second in division that's just based on on what i have in my head i'll i'll do a little exercise and i'll come back to you next week how does that sound sounds 
most agreeable. Beautiful. We'll, we'll revisit the NFC North briefly next week. Um, yeah, that's Look, it in record time, I think. Yes, the previews. Do we want to run through preseason fixtures for the weekend ahead? I mean, we, we can, better. and what we can do is we could probably clip this on its, on its head because I'm doing all the predictions, uh, and I, I just think it's a bit aggressive. So I'll ask you this time. So, fire Friday, away, we open with. Falcon Steelers. Um, it's hard to know how teams will will approach I, this final week of the preseason. I'm gonna change change it up. I want one more answers. That's it. I don't want. I just want. Okay. One word. Falcon Steelers go. Um, that's one word. Eagles Colts go. Steelers. Eagles Colts. Um, Colts. Colts. Panthers Lions. Lions Titans Patriots Patriots Niners Chargers uh, Niners Chiefs Browns Browns Packers Seahawks Packers Bears Bills Bears Vikings Cardinals. I'll go Cardinals. Giants, Jets. Uh, Giants. Commanders, Bengals. Bengals. Bucks, Ravens. Ravens start on their their next streak with, <laughs> uh, with a win here. Jags, Dolphins. Dolphins. Cowboys Raiders. I'll go Raiders. Exactly. Broncos Rams. Uh, Rams. And the final preseason game this year. Saints Texans. I'll go Saints. Glorious stuff. Beautiful. I suppose that concludes. So when we when we speak next week, uh, we'll have all the results and we'll toddle all it all up, and we'll we'll see who's who's come out on top. Yeah. Um, Perfect. I, yeah. Um, look, thanks for tuning in. Um, I think we've mentioned a few times, but if you could leave a, a review, even just a rating, wherever you find this podcast, it really helps us kind of grow the show and helps us produce more shows there's plenty of shows on the network um, once this is the clubhouse is recently just finished up we also have the Irish NRL show if you have any rugby league fans listening and then coming back in September we do have the flagship which is the Ball Bites which is a multi-sport more of a talk show laissez-faire type show that's coming back in mid-September but we'll be here with you throughout the entirety of the NFL season that's all from me. And that's all from me. Thank you. And good night.
to go deep into the end zone. We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play.